0: You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. You can open your Bibles with me. I think we're going straight to, oh yeah, Hebrews chapter 12. I rearranged this a little bit. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. I was thinking that's not Hebrews 12. Hebrews 4 verse 12. We're going to start there again. We just started this uh, little series. Uh, I think it's a little series last week. Started discussing this topic, talking about our thought life and what is produced based on what we choose to think about. What we, what the thoughts that we choose to nurture in our hearts to accept into our lives and nurture in our hearts, those thoughts produce the, the outcome of our life. They produce our actions. They produce our attitudes. They produce how we perceive life, how we perceive the world around us. It's always amazing to me that two of us or three of us or 10 of us can all be looking at the same exact situation living in the same town living in the same era living it, and 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 have a completely different perception of what's going on and that's because we've decided to give different thoughts and ideas greater focus and place in our lives and so the bible says a lot about this and uh I I want to Talk about it probably for the next couple of weeks. We'll be talking about this. I don't think we're going to get as far. <laughs> I don't know why I even say this to you. We never get as far as I think we're going to get, and that's fine. But I want to go back. We looked at these verses last week, and I want to go back and pick up here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And I, what's on your screen is from the Amplified Bible, and it says, For the word that God speaks, is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes or you could put the word motivations there the words analyzing the thoughts and the motivations of our heart we were we were in you know quite a bit of a a hurry last week i mean this is review but i really want to open this up more today uh because we were i felt like i was uh hurrying to try and get us into uh our time after church so uh, this verse it begins and it talks about the word that God speaks. Is this up there? Do we have an issue, or are we okay? Yeah, oh, I never hit play. <laughs> no, nah, it probably was on your end. yeah, it was on your end i 'm sure yeah, there it is. Thanks for getting that fixed guys uh, <laughs> so so thank you, perry um so the word that God speaks, it starts out talking about the word that God speaks. Most of us or some of us know that uh, there are a couple of different words, that Greek words, that are translated with the English word, word, in our Bibles. And primarily there's the term logos or derivatives of that and the term rhema. And uh, the two are the same but different, uh, as a friend of mine would say. They both speak of the word of God. This word, it's actually, I'd always assumed that this word was rhema. I've probably looked this up sometime before. The, the rhema word of God is, is what God is speaking immediately to you right now. It's it's coming out of his mouth into your heart. Um, the Logos word of God is more of an overview, or you can think of, think of it as a full discourse. It's It's the... It's the library of God's word from which the Holy Spirit will draw something and make it rhema to us sometimes. Make it active, make it alive, make it personal, make it a right now word. Okay, So logos is more of an overview, but it is still a spoken word. It is still something that is spoken to us. We could, sometimes we use the terminology, the the um, full counsel of God. Okay, well, none of us, I mean, other than the fact that we have the mind of Christ living on the inside of us, we none of us have God's full counsel all at once working on the inside of us. But the idea here is it's a complete picture. It's whether, even if it's about a single subject, God's going to speak and give you a full picture of what his counsel is in that subject, what his will is in that subject, what principles need to be applied in our lives to a certain area of our lives at a given time. That's logos. And and so and of course the word says that Jesus is the logos of God. He is the full counsel of God. He is the word of God. He is the complete word of God. We like to say he is perfect theology. He is, if, if something that we think theologically doesn't line up with Jesus, we've missed it somewhere. And, and so we need to let him get that straightened out in us. But so it's saying that the word in, the, in this form, it's spoken to us. But it is this, you know, as God makes uh, his counsel clear to us, it says that it's alive and it's full of power. So it's not like his word, whether you're reading it from the Bible or whether the Lord is speaking it to you, uh, you're being reminded of it, you're hearing it taught, whatever it is, God's word is, is alive. We read other books that have good ideas and accurate ideas many times, but those words are not alive. These words are alive because the Holy Spirit takes God's words, God's thoughts. What are are words? They are thoughts being made discernible, knowable, to one another, right now I'm speaking. I'm making thoughts that are in my heart knowable to you. That's one of the. That's one of the things that Jesus, as the Word of God, the role of the Son, is to make the Father manifest so that we can know Him. And and the Word of God does that. He he. It makes the Word of God. It makes the thoughts of God, the heart of God, the nature of God, something that we can grasp. Jesus says. That the word comes into our life and it's like bread. We can we can feed on it. We're, we are spiritually nourished by the word of God. The word is alive, and the scripture said it's powerful. It has that that word means it has ability to bring change, it has ability uh to move things, it has ability to change, and it, it has energy, it is it is alive. So the question becomes. Do we view the Word of God that way? Because if we're receptive to the Word or unreceptive to the Word or totally reject the Word, we don't change the Word. The Word is eternal. It's alive whether you receive it or not. But your experience with it will be completely changed and my experience with it by the receptivity of our hearts to the word, how we view it. Paul talked about, in one place in his epistles, he said, you know, one of the things we notice about you, about this congregation, the church he was writing to, is that you received the word that we spoke, not just as the word of men. In other words, not just somebody's opinion, somebody's good idea, but you received it as the word of God. That's really important for us. If we're going to experience the rest of this passage Really important for us to have the right attitude toward God's word every time we're, and and that's one of the reasons. If God's word is all of that, then I'm hungry for it, right? I, I that that creates a hunger in me. I I want to know Him. I assume most you know that you do, and and so I I, I welcome. I draw on His word in in whatever form that it's coming to me. And then it says that that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. So it has this ability to penetrate to this dividing line that exists in us. Between the soul and the spirit, and we've talked about this so many times, but you know, when you're born again, it's your spirit. It's, your, it's that, that primary life in you, your spirit that is immediately changed to be like Jesus. It is immediately, completely saved and changed. But our soul, and some people say, well, why did God do it this way? I have no idea, but he did. Okay, I mean, it's it's partly because he's a three-part being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're made in his image, so we are spirit, soul, and body. But there's this, you know, we're in this weird time where we are completely, we are a brand new, completely finished creature in our spirit. But our soul, our minds, our emotions, and our will—the way we think, the things we feel, the choices we make—all of that is in this process of transformation. The Bible says renovation. We talked this morning, or we sang this morning, about restore my soul. Well, that's the idea. Is our soul—we're asking, Lord, change the way I think, change some of the way I feel and react, change. Uh, my the way I, I tend to choose, you know, we're, we're giving that part of us to him. Well, there's this, this scripture tells us there's a dividing line. We have thoughts that come from both the spirit and the soul. And the ones that come from the spirit are going to proceed from the Holy Spirit through our spirit and line up with God and his word. They will. But the ones that come from our soul may or may not. You know, it depends on if it's coming out of a renovated room uh, or a room that hasn't been worked on yet. You know, we've all got them. But we can't always tell that with thoughts or with feelings. I feel things deeply that are not necessarily the way God wants me to feel. They're not that, just because I have the feeling, just because I have the emotion, does not mean God gave me that emotion. There are emotions that come from my soul. So I need to to realize that, you know, we've just got to settle in our hearts. I am not my feelings. And that's, of course, very culturally uh, incorrect these days. You know, no, you are what you feel. That's truth. Well, no, it's not. In many cases, in many cases, what we feel, and that's why we want to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, put put a watch on my lips because just because I feel it doesn't mean I should say it if it's not of you. It doesn't mean I should type it. It doesn't mean I should post it online if it's not of you. I don't want it because then I'm taking it another step. I'm beginning to put, I'm beginning to put faith with that thought or that feeling and loose it into the world and I am I am setting James says with my tongue I am setting the course of my life the way a rudder on a ship sets the course of the rudder the way a bit in the mouth of a horse sets its direction either turns it or keeps it going the same direction I'm doing that the scripture says Through my words. Well, those words are just coming out of whatever's the most active in your heart. Jesus taught that. We'll probably look at those verses in a little bit here. So, so this is important that I let the word penetrate, it says, into that dividing line between the soul and the spirit. And then it uses this phrase, and of the joints in the marrow, and the amplified brings out of the deepest parts of our nature. That's what that means that this goes to the deepest parts of our nature and it exposes, sips, analyzes, judges the thoughts and the motivations or purposes of our hearts. That to me is really important because we all know that we can have, we we can be doing what would be the right thing But if our motivation is off, then it perverts the whole thing. And we have, like I said a little bit ago, we all, I think the older I get and the more I deal with people in general and, and observe people, I realize I don't think any of our perceptions of what is going on around us and particularly of the motivations of other people's hearts We're off so often on that. And I I try in myself to realize to not assign motivations to people if I haven't really sat down and heard their heart because I'm often wrong about it. And I've seen other people be wrong about it. It's one of the primary principles of relationships, whether it's marriage, friendship, whatever it is, is that if you want to have good communication, you've got to refrain from assigning Motivation to what somebody else did, because oftentimes we're wrong about it. It's I think what happens is that, well, if I did that, this is what I would be feeling. So I assume, without even knowing, I'm assuming it that that's what they were feeling. That was why they did what they did, and and so I, I end up in this place where I'm I'm misassigning that motivation to somebody else's heart. This scripture makes it look like we don't even know the motivations of our own hearts, always. The word has to get in there and analyze that for us and show that to us. So that means I don't even always know. And it's a good prayer is, Lord, show me the motivation of my heart here. I I think it's this, but if I'm wrong, I want to know. I want to know. So show it to me. And I think it's really important in this that we always remember how much God loves us, that the scripture says every thought he has toward us is for our good. We've got to have that level of trust in him to let him analyze this stuff in our hearts. Because again, kind of like the splinter thing earlier, it's not always comfortable. You know, when the word comes, it's not always comfortable and sometimes we have to just be really honest with ourselves about God. What is going on in here? Because I'm feeling this. I don't even know why. I, I, I'm i thinking this. I don't want to. We all go there. But God has given us his word and his Holy Spirit to do this work in us so that he can change us. So so let's go through this again Uh we looked at these last week, but I really want to look at them again. I I, I just, this just has been speaking to me so much. So it says that the word penetrates into the deepest part of our life. And then the first thing it says, it exposes the thoughts and the motivation of our heart. And that word means to uncover, right? To expose, to uncover, to make something clearly visible and knowable. And it means to bring a thought or motivation into the light of truth, okay? It it takes that thought or that motivation that we have and it exposes it to the light, shines the light of truth on that thought or motivation so that we can clearly understand what it is. And again, remember the word word here. This doesn't mean this is gonna happen in an instant for you or for me. Everything we're talking about here is process, okay? This isn't this is the full discourse. As we're in conversation with God, as what he's saying becomes fuller and more clear, this begins to happen. But when when something you know, the devil loves to work in the dark and in secret. So whenever we cover areas of our heart, whenever we're and a lot of times I think we do it out of fear, we don't want people to know, or we we somehow maybe subconsciously think that we can kind of cover and God won't know how we're feeling. And again, to me that goes back to not trusting the Lord to you know to be able to expose ourselves and invite him into that place. But Jesus said in John 17, 17, he said, Father, your word is truth, right? Your word is truth. So again, we all are inundated with different people's opinions and viewpoints and and different theologies, and all these things that are out there. And it's important for us to guard our hearts and recognize that, no, what God said, whether I feel it right now, whether I think it right now, whether it makes sense to me right now, what God says is truth. So if he exposes something in me, he exposes a a, a thought pattern, usually, a thought Pattern in my life, or exposes uh, that that you know what you're saying that or you're going to do that, and that looks like a really good thing, but you know what you're motivated in that by fear or you're motivated in that by shame you're motivated in that you're you're protecting yourself out of from wounding you're um, you're looking at well this didn't work. Last time, this didn't work the time before. It didn't work the time before that, so I'm not doing it again. You know, I mean, there's so many ways that we can make decisions about what we're doing. And the Word of God will come in and expose that to truth. And it's for our healing. It's for our Good. It's a really productive, wonderful. This is the grace of God at work. You know, none of this is for condemnation. It's not just to make us feel bad. If if we want to be transformed and be more like Him, you know, these are the processes. So the Word will come in and expose. That's first. It'll just uncover. It'll just make something really visible and and bring it under the light of truth in us. And the next thing it says is it will analyze the thoughts and motivations of our heart. And that, you know, this all works together, obviously. That means accurately identify both the source and the nature of the thoughts or motivations of our heart. What's the source of that? And boy, that's important for transformation for us. A lot of times he'll take us back to something that happened or many somethings that happened. And he'll show us, this is where this came from. And in that place when God is there and his word is there, there is the word is alive and powerful. So so it's able to change even if we had this terrible experience in our past. It doesn't make the experience go away. It doesn't make us never remember the experience again, but he can take the sting of hurt or pain or unforgiveness out of that thing so that it happened, but it's not steering my life anymore. It's not coming out of my mouth it's, it's not steering my life anymore. And again, I, this is for every one of us. So, so the word will come and it'll categorize our, our thoughts and motivations as either, I mean, it's pretty simple. They're either in line with God or they're not. Okay. Uh, the word sift, it says that the word will sift the thoughts and motivations of our heart. That means to separate one thing from another for clarity and purity. I love that separate them so that so we can know what's going on. Again, so often, God has to unclutter our thoughts. He has to separate them one from another. Thoughts do tend to be like trains. They they connect to one another and they're going somewhere. And so, you know, we we need sometimes for the Lord to separate that out and say, no, this, this thought's for me. This one's not. You've got them connected together. And instead, I want to remove the one and highlight the other so there's a sifting that can that can take place and then finally it says the word judges our thoughts and our motivations and that that word from the greek means to sentence as in a courtroom to give a sentence to determine the faint the fate sorry the fate of so the word Will come along and it will say, This one's in, this one's out. This one aligns with God's thought and hearts or purpose. This one does not. All right, it judges the thoughts and the motivations of our hearts. And again, through this whole process, we always have a choice. God gives us a free choice to keep embracing what He's doing or reject it. But but the purpose of that is so uh, the other part of that word to judge, it means to mark for approval or rejection mark for approval or rejection because we want to agree with God's word and what God's saying to us personally. And we want to, on purpose, intentionally, aggressively, many times, reject thoughts and motivations that are not from God. And we're going to talk about that in more detail, probably not till next week. But this is what pulling down strongholds is all about, is learning to let the the holy spirit and the word of god in us go through this process and expose and sift and analyze and and mark for for acceptance or rejection and then to take that step and where where there's something in us that is that is not of god we need to reject that. We need to rebuke that. We need to turn that over to the Lord so that it can be rooted out of us. And usually, the, again, this is usually a thought pattern that has developed in our life for various reasons. And the Lord will unlock that because, you know, Jesus over in uh, Matthew chapter 12, he he talked about, his talking to his disciples about casting out demons and he was saying that when you when you cast a demon out of someone I wonder if I should back up first and explain this a little better the scripture tells us that our thought patterns become a become a place again our thoughts produce our words our words release faith for better or for worse depending on what our faith is in they're like seeds that go out. They they set the course of our life. So, so the structure there is our thoughts. And that's why uh Second Corinthians tells us we need that the tearing down of strongholds has to do with taking down thought patterns that have become a housing place for demonic activity in our life. I'm not talking about being demon possessed. I'm talking about the devil through lies, getting us to believe lies, being able to set the course of our life in, in his intentions instead of God's intentions. Jesus said, when you cast a devil out of someone, they go into arid places and they start seeking for some place to rest. And they, and, and they finally say, you know what, I'm just going to go back where I used to live. And they come back and he says, if they find the place unoccupied, swept clean, straightened up, but unoccupied, then he'll grab seven more worse than himself and bring them in and the person's situation is worse than it used to be. Now that's true on the level of demonic possession but what we're talking about here is just demonic influence. The only way the devil can have, he has no right to do anything in your life. And he is not on the same level as God. He doesn't have power over your life. He doesn't have, he the only thing he can do is get us to believe a lie and begin to act on it. That's how he influences people's lives. So Jesus said there, once the devil's influence, and again, we'll, we'll get to this probably next week, but once his influence is taken out, once we decide, hey, this is not a, god, this is not a godly thought, this is not a godly motivation, I've really got a, an issue here, and we begin to reject that thought and reject what the devil has tried to do there, uh, we need to be sure that that area, that that structure of thought patterns gets torn down by the word of God and gets torn down by us... Um, Tearing it apart, brick by brick, is really what the Word says, that structure where he's had influence, and and then also getting that place in our life occupied by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. If I've had a stronghold of fear in my life, or I've had a stronghold of shame in my life, I've had a stronghold of um, poverty mentality in my life, you know, things that just... It just affects the way I view things, my perceptions of other people, my perceptions of myself and of God and what's possible for me and all that kind of thing. Well, I need to repent, which means change the way I think. That's what repent initially means. Change your mind. Start thinking differently. I've got to let the Holy Spirit get in there and begin to bring his word in and build up a new thought structure. And I've got to let him occupy that place, because if all I do is sweep it clean, I say, "You know what that's that's not ah, oh, God doesn't want me to think like that. Sorry God, um yeah that that isn't of you. I'll straighten that out, I'll start thinking differently, i'll say some I'll just say some words, but not really change anything, and I'll change it. well, it's just an opportunity for the devil to come back in and continue with that stronghold. Does this make sense to you? So, so this is important stuff, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I, I really feel like this is where we live as believers, is in this place of transformation. And all of the ministry that every one of you is a minister, every, God has people in every one of your lives that he wants you to release grace and speak life into. He has people around you. He has a plan for your life. All of that flows out of what we allow to be built up in our hearts and there's not a one of us you know that are perfect that are there we all know this right is anybody in here perfect just bonnie okay (laughs) gotcha though that was good uh so so we all know that we need this so a couple scriptures we're going to wrap this up i'm you know along the lines of what we talked about so far this morning Many of these are familiar to many of you. Uh, Proverbs 423, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. Okay, so what you let build up in your heart is going to come out. Jesus said, Matthew 12, 34, 35, out of the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man from his inner good treasure flings forth good things and the evil man out of his inner evil storehouse flings forth evil things. And then Proverbs 18, we quote so much, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or for life. And then James 3 talks to us about our words being like the rudder on a ship. Really important to realize that both death, and life and death. There, just it, it is not physical death. It means everything that proceeds from separation from God, from sin, from separation from God. There's a there's a power in our words to release either death or life. Let me show you one more verse. We'll be done today. Uh, this is Ephesians chapter four, verse beginning verse twenty nine. Reading from the New King James here, it says, "Let no corrupt that means rotten." It means decomposing uh, it 's like a deer in the ditch in the spring okay that's that's the kind of stench that comes out of this type of word. Uh, let no corrupt word i don 't know why nobody ever appreciates that analogy, but you know especially people that live in deer country ride your bike down the down the road in the spring when it starts to warm up outside, and you 'll know exactly what I'm talking about anyway. Let no corrupt word or conversation. Proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that means for building people up, for building what we say about our community has an effect on our community. What we say about our husband or our wife or our family or our neighbors or our co-workers or whoever, it has an effect. We think we can just go and, and just spew, again, I have these feelings I've got to spew. I've got to say it all. It feels that way, but that's a really deadly habit to build in our lives. Okay, We need to get things converted in us back to a place like, like Boyd was talking about, where, where we're in line with the Lord and we're there to serve. And we start speaking like God does. We start calling life into places where there is death. We start looking at the situation. We see, yeah, there's a real problem there and instead of just repeating and and the problem instead we begin to speak life into it we begin to speak the word over that person the word over that society the word over our situation we begin to speak life into that situation so it says here let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth so this gives the responsibility of what's coming out of our mouth to us but what is good for necessary edification look at this that it may impart grace to the hearers, and I'm going to I'm going to stop because I don't want to go into the next point. There's more there, but that it may impart grace to the hearers. We all know that grace is not just unmerited favor. It is talking about that. So we're going to choose to speak and to live in a place of giving out and releasing unmerited favor. But more than that, the term grace is used in the New Testament to speak of the ability of God. To be or to do what we could never be on our own. The spiritual gifts come from the word grace. It's an ability, a supernatural ability that flows through God's people. So here it's saying we can speak in such a way that it actually imparts life and God's ability to the hearers. That's a huge blessing. We can do that for our friends. We can do that for our enemies. We can do that for the people we agree with and the people we don't agree with. We can take this this heart and we can begin to to pray the best for them, to release blessing over them. And, And the first step in that is letting God paint a new picture in our hearts of that person, of that. You know, we look around, most of us look around at our culture and it's a bit scary You know, it's like, boy, this thing is really decomposed a long ways. But you know what? My talking continually about how bad it is, all that's doing is reinforcing the bad. My choosing to line up my tongue with what God has said and is saying is going to release life. It kind of comes back to what your mom always told you if you can't say anything good don't say anything at all you know it really it really there was some there was an unfortunate irritating amount of truth in many of the things that our mothers said let's just let's just stop right there and and uh, let's stand up did you get anything out of it this morning all right let's let's pray over this word and receive this and looks like we'll be digging into it again next week father we thank you so much I just thank you for your, intention, or your attention, your intentions and your attention to our lives. I thank you, God, that you're you're not the God that I was told about as a kid that's just up there with your arms folded waiting to whack us in the head and we'd better do it right. God, you are so willing to be involved in us. and And the things that are crossways in us don't put you off at all. It's just... You've already dealt with them through the blood of Jesus. And and Lord, we want to live there. And yes, we want to be fountains of life. We want to be fountains of the Holy Spirit. We want to be lights in dark places everywhere we go. We don't want to just talk about how dark it is. God, we want to be the switch that flips on the light. So Holy Spirit, we invite you. Just keep working this in us. Work it deeply in us. Lord, we, we invite you for us and for everybody around us. Lord, we invite you. Into our hearts to change our hearts. And we thank you for that this morning. God, where there are, I just feel impressed to pray this morning. God, where there are painful, there are painful areas, places of hurt, places of wounding, places, God, that go, some of them go way back. Some of them have been wounded and healed a little bit, and wounded, and healed, and wounded, and healed, and they have calloused, and they have scarred. God, you said, Lord Jesus, you said you could take that hard place out of us, that hard heart out of us, give us a new, soft, tender heart. I just pray that for anybody who's in that situation. Lord, I I pray this morning, Father, that we just have a fresh openness to your word and to your life. And Lord, we, we trust you to just create opportunities for us to pour out that life with our words. We thank you for it this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Whoops. All right. Well, we're going to be dismissed this morning. We're going to do what we always do on the count of three. We're going to say Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. That's a great declaration. And then you guys go out there and be the church this week. There's some great snacks out here. So hang around. Get to know one another and uh, enjoy the fellowship. All right, one, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.